Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. As you may already know, not all movement practices are designed equally. In the Lit Yoga Method, we help you retrain your brain and body to move better for everyday life. Through physical therapy drills, yoga, functional mobility, core stability, and flexibility, the Lit Method rewires habitual movement patterns and postural imbalances to help you feel stronger, more energized, and more balanced both on and off the mat. Our online platform, The Lit Daily, is designed for easy convenience with a robust offering of class types so you can boost your energy while getting stress relief. Yes. Improved brain wiring means you will move with more ease and efficiency because we teach you the how and why behind movement choices, not just poses for the sake of poses. All movement teachers on the platform are certified by LIT and share a common language, providing education with clear cues that give you the needed reinforcement for enhancing your movement habits. Thousands of students in over 60 countries get LIT to feel more confident, more powerful, and more alive. We offer two subscription options for all levels and bodies. The LIT Daily option includes library of 500 plus classes with so many categories, including short on time, injury prevention, stress relief, and body parts. Tuesdays and Thursdays, we offer live classes streamed on Lit Daily. There's a class of the day to help you take the guesswork out of what class to do, and monthly workshops are 50% off. Then the Lit Studio option has everything I just mentioned in the daily option, plus 20 weekly live Zoom classes with lit teachers providing real-time feedback. There are monthly workshops that are free for these studio members. You can stream all of this right to your TV Air device through Android, iPhone, and iPad apps. Movement changes everything. When we move better, we feel better. So sign up for our free one-week trial and see how getting lit can help you feel your best today and for years to come. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Welcome to Wednesday Q&A, where you all ask the questions and we answer. I am joined by my fabulous co-host and amazing travel partner. We just returned from Telluride Yoga Festival. Woohoo! Shout out so to fun. Telluride. Um, Kristen Williams. Hey, Laura. Hey, everybody. Oh, my gosh. What a great time that was. What a I great mean, time. And we miss please. each other terribly. So this is no. like a, a way of catching up. And we're catching up. But we're also then going to take a break soon. 
So all of August, we are taking a break from the podcast. I know you all are going to be so sad about that. But guess what? When we come back for a new season, you'll be extra excited to hear all the things we have to say. Bingo. Bingo. So let us begin. Let's start with uh, questions that you have sent in. This question is a real good one because we hear this a lot. And this is uh, from Through Jen's Yes. Can you achieve perfect posture if you've broken an important bone like the collarbone? And we both are going to be like, perfect is a word we want to stay away from only because it has a connotation that there is like one way of being, um, whether it's a perfect pose or perfect posture or perfect wife or perfect mom, we know that perfect is only going to set us up for being um, not perfect and not feeling good about it because it's, it's so we like to word, use the word optimal. Optimal is optimizing what we have and using it to the best of our ability to help us stand, breathe, move better, feel better. So the quick answer to this is yes, a broken bone. Now, the collarbones are different than other bones because they set themselves. You can't brace your collarbone. If you've ever broken your collarbone, you know this well. This clavicle is kind of the buttress from the sternum, um, your breastbone, out to your shoulder. It's part of the shoulder complex. So we actually in Telluride saw, saw someone who had broken both of their clavicles, and one was uh, you know, kind of irregular it had it jutted out and she was saying because we had done a it was a stand on your hands get off your head thing but she was saying how it was so important no one had ever ever given her the feedback to work on her scapula stabilizers to help that so even if the bone in, in because you ask about the collarbone even if the collarbone sets in a weird or way that it does look uh, asymmetrical the muscles the muscles that attach to the collarbone are not going to necessarily be impacted by its like bumpiness or whatever. We have muscles that go to the neck. The ster- sternocleidomastoid is one of them. Um, we have the subclavius. It, those are not significant in bringing stability to the shoulder. So the back part of the shoulder complex at the scapula is going to provide that that balance for your posture so that you can be upright. And even if the bone looks irregular, your posture will be more balanced and optimal. Um, any any add-ons to that with other bones that, I mean, other bones break and they heal and that's the great news and they usually heal in some kind of splint. Yeah. I mean, I broke my collarbone. I don't know how old I was. I was- I didn't probably... even know that. See, I found I out something new about you. Oh, didn't <laughs> I, even know that. See, I did. sister, I, I didn't even know, right? Okay. Right. You never, I mean, you can't tell. I mean, mm-hmm. I broke it. I mean, mm-hmm. I, uh, I can't even remember which one. I feel like it might've been my left, I can't remember, but I was playing on the swing set. Remember, you used to do that, you swing set, those big mm-hmm. metal swing sets. And I was a gymnast and I was doing a back hip circle around the little crossbar and it was hot and my hand slipped off and I went flying across and landed with my arm across my body and pop. And I remember I was wearing my favorite shirt. Honestly, I think it might've been very similar to this because it was like rainbow. <laughs> they had to cut it off. After, and I was so upset about my shirt. But just like you said, I wore a little butterfly brace for X number of weeks, probably six weeks, four to six weeks as a kid. And that was annoying. But, you know, I I don't know that you can see that you'd even know. I have it. I, every now and then I'll feel like sometimes I can feel an ache, almost like with a cold. 
but I don't think it's affected my posture at all. I agree with you, Laura. Um, there is nothing, there's nothing about being perfect. Now, I, mean, I have seen people, like you said, who really fracture their clavicle and it doesn't look the same on either side because it heals itself. And sometimes we lay down extra bone and it might have like a bony knot or like a nodule. So it might not look the same, but um, I love the optimal, you know, I mean, really, we say this with scoliosis, things like that, just, it might not be a broken bone. It might be um, just a different shape to your body or people who have a longer neck like me, you know, I mean, it's really, I have to work pretty hard to keep my head back because it's just a, I have a long neck. So my posture, I have to think about it more to keep it optimal. Um, and so that person who's fractured their collarbone, you know, maybe they might have to really focus, especially if it's more recent, on those scapular stabilizers. Um, I didn't think about the scapular stabilizers for years because we forget about that bone back there. It's like, what does that shoulder blade do? Well, that thing, yeah. Blast, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I would really, I just love the idea of really being as optimal in your own body as you can be. Think of your body as a machine. How can you better balance it? How can you work with what you were given um, to just take stress off? So if someone has broken their collarbone and suddenly six months down the road, let's say they broke their left collarbone, they start having right shoulder pain. Well, you might kind of think something is out of balance now. I would look at strength. I would look at mobility of the surrounding structures. That's where you might find the suboptimal posturing is secondary to being in that butterfly brace, you know, and not using your core, maybe that protective posturing as well. So, you know, really look after you fracture something that you restore after you fracture, after you have surgery, after you have a baby, you know, a big major life change like that will affect your posture. And so finding that optimal posture through better balance. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. There you go. Eight to the men. All right. We have another question here that was sent to us via DM on Instagram. This is from one of our sweet um, PT, uh, uh, lit teachers. She might as well be a PT, it seems like it sometimes. So from Kate. Our friend Kate in Virginia, she says, I have a podcast question regarding proprioception, motor control, hypermobility in the distal finger joints. See, guys, she sounds like a PT, doesn't mm -hmm. she? Jeez. I have known for a while that a sign of EDS, which is uh, Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, which is um, a hypermobility syndrome. Ehlers, no, I said that right, didn't Ehlers, I? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In kids is fine and gross motor skill development which I had. I recently learned that in addition to being clumsy and running into things, EDS folks tend to drop objects a lot due to proprioceptive issues. My phone currently has a lot of cracks in it. Do you guys have any ideas on how to improve distal finger proprioception? And so what she's talking about is this hypermobility in her joints. She actually even sent us a little picture where um, if you're on, uh, you know, watching us here on YouTube, I can even see if I can't zoom in on this, but where, you know, the distal, the, the, the furthest part of her finger joint bends up. So I'm doing it here 
I'll just, I won't show you her picture, but you know, she puts her finger down and it's, it's even more than mine. Like I've got a little bit of, you're supposed to have extension, but hers goes a little further. So when you have EDS, your ligaments are more lax. And so when your ligaments are more lax, you're getting less proprioceptive and proprioceptive is your body's awareness in space. Like what is my finger doing when I put my hand on finger pads? Kate's actually talked to us about how she has stopped practicing on finger pads because she found that she would sink into her joints because she wasn't, I can feel that. I can feel if I start to hyperextend. Um, she has a harder time sensing that. So in this question, she is asking, you know, do you have any ideas on how to improve distal finger proprioception? What do you think, Laura? Well, if we look at like the homunculus, which is like the area of the brain that is telling the how much of that part of the motor cortex is devoted to different parts, there's a lot devoted to your digits because we do so much manipulation and grasping and everything. So the good news is that is it's set up to have, um, so taking advantage of that by and strengthening the uh, fingers in general will help the proprioception as well because the proprioception, those areas in the joint space, the um, ligaments like you mentioned, um, they're giving feedback when you go too far. But if you don't have them responsive in the same way because you have a hypermobility um, complex you need to get more you need to get stronger so hanging you don't have to literally hang by your fingers if you've ever seen a uh, free solo the guy that does the whole thing without a harness he has this cool little device and he's ha he like gets right at the distal the dip and and and, and grabs and hangs so he's developing such strength in his grasp in his forearms and his wrist strength and you can do that without like you know hey. getting your feet off the ground you can just grab a door frame or something and really grab it where you are flexing at the dips and getting the strength there because we again taking advantage of knowing that part of the motor cortex is very robust you need this more strength because you're lacking some of the you, you can't necessarily make up for that proprioception but it will improve your appropriate whatever you know the proprioceptors that are there by doing strength training and yeah getting on getting on your fingertips isn't and pushing them down like if you were in like a fingertip lunge isn't going to be doing that so i think actually curling and getting um like almost like you're holding something or have your hands on blocks but you could risk some of that um extension into the less distal part the more proximal part of the fingers so I think strengthening through some kind of grasp, you, they also have um, all kinds of little devices, but you don't have to buy them, where you can practice opening and shutting your fingers with some resistance. You could um, imagine getting a really thick rubber band and doing it, but you risk that popping. So these devices are a little bit uh, safer in that regard. Um, you can get a gripper, you know, just buy a gripper and... Um, I have I have one and it has different weights and it's like the very lowest is really hard for me. Um, but grip strength includes all the way into those DIPs. So I think strengthening is the key because that strength is going to build up uh, a stronger connection that is already there, that real estate is already there. And then it, in doing that, that can increase some of the proprioceptive awareness. Yeah. And I think if we bring that onto our mat practice, you mm -hmm. know, our our lip practice, 
I have a series on their weightless and the wrist, and it does a lot of fingertip weight bearing to keep it out of the wrist. But I even talk about that there, that even though you have the fingertips down, get that lift in your core. You yeah, know, you're almost you, pushing the fingertips into the floor to lift up as opposed yeah. to sink your weight into them where you would then yeah, possibly. you're hovering. Like, you know, yeah. it's just for balance. And you're doing, you're getting that lift from your hip, from your scapula from your side body so think of like a twisted crescent where you've got your finger pads down i'm never putting my weight into that whenever i go fingertip lunge fingertip it's more like a just a almost like a like a cane would be you know people mm -hmm. use canes to give an extra point of contact you know think of your fingertips that way so she is asking about strengthening but also being mindful of the fact that we need to be strong more proximally so when we are going weight down, that we aren't going weight down into those, you know, into those fingertips. And we see same thing with, you know, fin you know, just not even distal, but your more proximal joints. People have have had issues with hypermobility there. And um, it, yeah, you're right. It's like kind of a hanging or sinking into it. Uh, you know, this could be your hip joint. You know, hypermobile people are going to be able to hang in their hips often and you want to lift out of them. You're always lifting into your core center because that is, um, that's why it's there is to generate and then move energy, but also, you know, transmit it. And it's not going to be transmitted if it's going down, like you're resisting gravitational forces. And I think it's been really fun for Kate to mm -hmm. watch her own growth that has occurred since she started with Lit. It's been dramatic, this learning process of her getting stronger in her core, her really, I mean, she sends us videos and she's look out, you know, because, and, you know, this is a, this is someone who could absolutely fracture a bone in the snap, you know, in the snap of the fingers and, um, you know, to see her just really be using her strengthening and stability work to get stronger. You know, if you're out there, there's, there's, there's hope for you. Yes. With a good, strong practice. Absolutely. Today's podcast is sponsored by Aminoco. I've been using Aminoco products for well over a year, and I really love them. I love the taste, but most importantly, I love the science-backed health benefits. Today, I'm going to tell you about life Life is the name of it. So life is really great for those of us over age 40. Why? Because did you know muscle and heart function start to decline after age 40? So in clinical trials, life has been shown to enhance the physical function and muscle strength while supporting normal cardiovascular health. So at age 53 and a half, I'm really concerned about maintaining my muscle density and of course my heart health. So I use this, I put one scoop in with water, but you could put it into a smoothie, you can put it into juice, and it is vegan, it is GMO-free, and it is patent-produced. It's an amazing, amazing product, and you can go to aminoco.com, that's A-M-I-N-O-C-O.com, slash lit, and save 30%. Um. I have a bunch of questions here, and this is actually very interesting. Um, Harzamar is one. Basic question, but can you explain the disc function? She's talking about the disc. And then I'm going to couple that with another person who, E.E. E. Duden, spinal alignment, chiropractic adjustment, or muscle strengthening. So let's first discuss what is a disc and its function, and then 
what are our thoughts about chiropractic adjustment or muscle strengthening for better spinal alignment? Um, so between each of the vertebra, there are a, the disc. And the disc have a kind of outer layer, um, the annular um, ring, and it almost looks like a tree trunk, like it has little rings in it. And it's dense in fibrocartilage. And then inside of that is the um, nucleus propulsus, which is the, the, di the gooey part of the disc. So you have a protective outer layer for the gooey part, and the discs are there between your vertebra to do a few things. One is to sh absorb shock, right? So that we're, we're bipedal, we're walking around. Every time you put your foot down, there is energy that comes up through the foot, through the leg, through the pelvis, into your spine, and then back down. And so you want that energy to move through, and, and there should be some shock absorption so it doesn't go into the bones of the vertebral column. So that's a big part. The other thing it does is it um, helps with movement, right? So you've got some space between the two bones so you can move and the disc um, adjust and move with you. So that otherwise bone on bone, it's kind of like cartilage that wouldn't feel good and it wouldn't feel smooth. And so when we're moving our spine, the discs are moving with that and they're helping the movement feel smooth and not like crusty or awful. <laughs> um, they also are really important for giving s some space um, for the it, things that come out of the spinal column, such as the nerves that go to either innervate muscles or also to um, give you s the sensory nerves. They're both coming out of the spinal column. And so if you can imagine, again, if you have a, a vertebra on top of another one and there was nothing between, um, that that space is narrowed, and this is what happens with some people, and the space being narrowed will also narrow the um, kind of tunnel for the nerves to come out. So it just is providing shock absorption, it's providing ability to move, it's providing um, space for nerves to come out. That is its main function. Any other, did I miss anything else? No, no, not at all. I mean, not for the disc. I mean, I think that that's what we see with degenerative disc is we have this normally very almost spongy, like you said, it's it's very flexible. Visc, yeah, it, it, like it, yeah, it's like I always think of like the uh, like the slime, you know, like it it moves yeah. like slime, and it's by the way made to move out as if it's bulging, not bulging, but you know, it moves yeah. with us and and it retract. I mean, it, it it's really uh, like kind of genius, like, almost like a yeah, like a. You know those um, those little worm like they were they were filled up with water and you remember yeah. like, kind of like put it on your finger and like yes all that thing it's like that like it if you squeeze it's gonna bulge out or like like, mm -hmm. like a water balloon you know mm -hmm. so it's providing that it should be flexible and then as we age or as we stop moving these discs need movement to feed that disc to keep it nice and supple it needs movement so people when we're sitting all day in a chair. And we stop moving, we are no longer feeding our discs and they start to degenerate. And you hear this term, hugely popular. Oh my God, I've got disc degeneration. Well, your discs start to dry up. Think of how a sponge, when a sponge is full of water, it's got a certain height. When it dries up, it gets smaller. That is your disc. So when we have disc degeneration, we lose that height, like you're talking about, Laura. We lose that flexibility. Now, the beauty of the body is with movement, we can start to restore, get the juices flowing. And so 
bringing it to the chiropractic techniques and idea, you know, chiropractors, I am all for joint mobilization when it is warranted. Our joints, like you said, we need that disc to allow them to move well. As we age, we lose some of that disc height. We can't help that. It's going to happen. So as you get older, we notice this, Lara, with our necks. you be like, oh, I just slept wrong. I don't know what it is. And you can feel that joint is not moving. Now, you and I, we know how to kind of get ourselves out of whack. But some, it's, if you don't know that, you can go to a chiropractor. You can go to a physical therapist who's been trained in manipulations, and they can help you out. It is a trained procedure. So having your buddy do it on you is not a good idea, especially not the neck. Now, I have seen people, you know, give them the bear hug and they they hug and that's just that's using like traction, which is totally different. Tractioning your buddy and lifting up and they go pop, pop, pop. You're not going to hurt each other. But twisting, you you are someone who is not trained, this is a high velocity, low amplitude thrust, meaning it is quick and it is small. Mm -hmm. So there shouldn't be a big wrenching of anything and it shouldn't be super forceful, low in amplitude, meaning it is not a big thing. A lot of chiropractors actually use little guns that just do a very small, very rapid to adjust. My issue is once you adjust something, you need to do the work to help the body maintain that new normal that's been created because you are out of alignment. Let's call it that for lack of a better term. People understand that something's in, something's out. Your body starts to recognize, oh, that's how I should be. And then we put something back in, we, we, we create a better alignment. It's going to want to go back because it's maybe been there for a while, it's protective, it's guarding. And so your chiropractor will say, oh, for come see me three times a week for six weeks and I'll get you squared away. Well, you know, that's where I start. As a physical therapist, I have the problem. You know, I don't want to rely on someone. We, I want to make my, I want to do it for myself. So maybe Laura has said to me, hey, Kristen, I've got this th spot in my back. Can you come adjust me? Absolutely. I do it once. And then mm -hmm. does the work to maintain it. So, you know, chiropractors, physical therapists, they are trained to do these manipulations so as not to affect a disc, which is why when someone says to me, I've got disc degeneration, I've got disc bulge, I, I'm not really worried about, oh, I can't manipulate them because they have that because I know what I'm doing and it's a very measured, very trained skill. Laura, what else do you have to add to, to that topic as well? Yeah, I would always go back to like, we're going to help you and facilitate, but we're not doing our jobs as movement specialists, as body, you know, specialists, if we don't teach you how to, you know, hold on to that. So yes, you need strengthening. If something like Kristen said, your body's going to has adjusted to you being in whatever, unless it was just like, you know, like if somebody was in a car accident and everything like that's a great time when you're not as sore to get an adjustment and but you probably already are okay like you might have some um injury to the tissue that you need to deal with but it's the people that go and say to me i've been to a chiropractor for 10 years and i think what like i hope nobody would come to me for 10 years right 
relying on me to do something to you. That is the big issue. It is part of a um, protocol, but the biggest protocol is the education on how you can, like this person asked, strengthen the things that are um, not strong to help hold it in place, um, open up tissues that are restricted, and that is, so the people that do a really good job are gonna help you when you're in pain, and they're gonna teach you, educate you, the exercises to help you maintain that better alignment. Yeah, just kind of like what you said. All right, we have another question. Is that from, I'll take this question, let's see. Um, so this is from Monica. Monica says, dear Laura and Kristen, I have a question that may be interesting for a large number of people. It is about bunions. I've never had a problem with bunions until recently, although I've noticed the bony bump on the joint at the base of my big toe. When I bought a new pair of trainers, comfortable with wide enough toe space, they were rubbing a little bit on that bone. It didn't really hurt, but I could feel it. After a couple of weeks, it started to become really painful and inflamed. I'd like to think that I'm doing the correct things by wearing correct toes. Those are the toe spacers, exercising and massaging my feet, walking barefoot, posture, et cetera. Also got myself a bunion cushion for when I'm wearing shoes that, that does not seem to help. My question is whether that can be caused by an inflammatory disease such as rheumatism. I had a blood test a while ago, and it turned out that one of the markers was elevated. It would be great if you could discuss bunions and how to treat them on the podcast. Thank you so much for everything you do. Can't wait to hug you in Salzburg. Yes, same. Um, bunions. You know, bunions are yeah. they're tough, right? You know, they're really I'm tough. Um, my gut, Monica, is the shoes that you were wearing, you shouldn't wear them anymore. <laughs> I yeah. mean, it's hard to say that uh, because it did, it was started off, it's like, I kind of look at it this way. It starts off with like a little splinter, like, yeah, I feel it. You know what I mean? And then it just gets burrowed. And so if, if everything else is equal, like don't turn to the blood test marker as an answer. Maybe, maybe not. It's not to put your head in the sand, but like we have an, a pretty obvious answer, I think here, because you've told us everything else and these shoes are weren't bothering you and now they are. And I think that's, you know, shoes can be bothersome. I don't wear shoes that are bothering. If I can feel them at all in that way that you're talking about, and I have the beginning of a bunion and I have resisted it and done all the things and it's stayed really nice. And it's just on one side. It's on the side, of course, coincidentally or not, not coincidentally, totally totally uh, because of this is my side that is laxer, that is kind of a hangout on and I'm sure that bunion started to form as a way of trying to stabilize. So I also wore running shoes for years. And I know those running shoes did not have wide enough toe boxes because honestly, even if it claims it has a wide toe box, it's not wide enough. It really isn't. You have to get um, shoes where you do not feel the pressure there. Um, and that's probably the other reason why that bunion cushion isn't really helping because it's already irritated. And so it's actually making it worse because all you've done is compress the space between the outside of the shoe and your bunion more. And um, so those those bunion cushions, I think at the best are used when you have like an open, open shoe or something like that, um, or you're walking around and you want a little cushion, at walking barefoot and it's sore. So I think to me, the most obvious thing is first, don't wear those shoes anymore. Um, and that's always hard to say when you've spent money on shoes and, but that just seems like the the glaring obvious. I wouldn't worry about the rheumatism um, aspect yet because it wasn't bothering you before. Yeah, you any? Let's say, my biggest recommendation with sho with shoes because I agree with everything you said, Laura. 
is if you are buying a pair of shoes that you know you are going to be walking, running, hiking, do not, and I don't know that she did this, but do not buy them online. You need to go to the store, try them on, try on multiple pairs of shoes. I'm the person that I will want change when, you know, it's time for your running shoes. I do not go and order them online. I go to the store because they change those styles. It could be the same exact shoe, but they will change something and I will feel it in my feet. I'm like you, Laura. I do not want to feel anything. I don't want too high. I'm like, I'm like the three little bears. I'm Goldilocks. I don't want too high of an arch. I don't want too narrow of a toe box. It's got to be just right. And I will try on, I don't care. I'm sorry, you know, salesperson. I will try on 15 pairs of shoes until I find the one, especially if I know I'm going to be in them for a long time, because I am lucky. I don't I've got wide feet, so I've always worn men's running shoes. Mm. You know, the women's, they just try to box us they in. They do. I know. Box. So I I obviously, you know, wear women's shoes, but for the most part, I'm in Birkenstocks. These are unisex. I am in um I'm in men's running shoes. I am in things that are very wide. And I if I've been lucky that I don't have bunions. Now I do have like little the fifth toe will go in um but it's not hasn't caused me any issues yet so um i would just say my biggest recommendation is for the shoes if you know you're gonna be wearing them a lot don't buy them online try and like if you're a runner say can i go run outside in these because don't walk in them Mm -hmm. go outside and i run up and down the sidewalk because it feels different so if you're going to be walking in them walking them if you're running in them running them that will be whether it's bunions whether it's anything or you know that's your my best recommendation. I agree, and you know, don't be don't be afraid to pivot. Like I got three shoes; they're amazing. Couple hundred dollars. These people sent them to me, and I'm like, this is amazing. It's like, it has these uh, kind of like acupressure points in them, and they wide toe box. I'm like, this is kind of cool. And I wore them once short a short distance, and it kind of felt a little weird. I'm like, okay. Then I wore them um, because they're cute, and I wore them all day. And the next day, I had Achilles tendonitis pain and I'm like I will never wear those shoes again that's how well I know my body and how well I'm just not going to even F with it because you start something like a little flare up like that that doesn't and maybe it would go away if I wore them and left but I don't need them like I don't need that right so it's too bad because they're really cute and they were free and they're supposed to be great but my body didn't like them so I really think it's important to listen to your body and that little kind of like niggling like hmm didn't like this, didn't like this, because it'll start barking. And so that's the easy answer that sometimes is hard because you don't want to give up your shoes. <laughs> All right, my friends, that's the end of this podcast. As I, as I mentioned at the beginning, we are going on hiatus, a little break before we start our new season. And it would be a wonderful time for you to write us because we will continue collecting all of your questions. You can find us on Instagram at Redefining Yoga Podcast lara.hyman or kbwilliams99 and just dm your question there you can also email us at support at lityoga.com those will get forwarded to us and we will save them in our little file you know please uh, nothing is off the table we look forward to answering your questions we're looking forward to our break but man we're gonna really want to come back strong and and even better full full steam ahead yes so as always we're pulling for you for you 